other words, they told me that they were suspending me under clause 9.1. Budget to ensure financial stability amid rising costs of everyday living. You have to tell us more about family finance. In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B., and today we'll make it lemonade. No one is exempt from encountering challenges or even getting into a rut, temporarily losing their motivation, right? And my experience, as the axiom goes, is that the more you change the way you look at things, the more the things you look at begin to change. So if life has handed you lemons, not a problem. Just make lemonade. It's all about mindset, fam. And today we're going to get into it right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hardware, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that the perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, so let me give you guys a little bit of the backstory. A few months ago, I went to dinner with a couple of my guys who I, um, I have known, I would say, for approximately five years or so by now. And uh, we met because we uh, we used to work together. And uh, at that time, we were all in the same same space. Right. Um, I mean, we worked remotely, so we didn't always report into a same office space and share the same office space. But we were on the same team or in the same, you know, organizational structure, chain of command and all that stuff. Right. We were in the same industry and now we're working in different capacities. We've kind of branched out, out and branched off. So now life has happened. We were all married. We all have children. Uh, we've grown up a bit. Right. Um, and as we began to get caught up um, with each other and see what's going and talk about what's going on in each other's lives, we saw that there was a common thread of frustration and maybe even a tinge of disappointment with how we found ourselves being not exactly on target with what we envisioned. Now, let me just take a sidebar, insert parenthetically. This is the beauty and this is the value in communion. This is the beauty in gathering with people. You know, some people, they do it and they um, they go to church and that's where they find uh, their unit. That's like their support system. But it doesn't take a formal gathering like that. Sometimes it could be just meeting over coffee. It could be a girl's night out. It could be the fellas hanging out. And then you just start to talk. And as the conversation unfolds, you see, man, OK, I'm, I'm normal. These are just common struggles. Whatever I'm dealing with are the emotions that I'm wrestling with. It's not so abnormal and it's not an anomaly. These are just these are common. 
These are not unprecedented challenges, so they don't require an unprecedented solution. This is just something common. And as we talk, we can be resources to each other and kind of cross pollinate and share best practices at the very least, even if we don't necessarily come up with an immediate solution to what we're experiencing. At the very least, there's comfort in knowing, hey, I'm not losing it. Right. This is typical. Any husband in this predicament would feel the stress or the burden. Any father would feel the stress or the burden or the weight or have to wrestle with some anxiety or any um, any person in this profession, you know, would struggle with these type of emotions. And just having that clarity, just having that um, that mind frame now that you are not distracted with the um, the nagging chatter, the internal chatter, chatter that says something's wrong with you. Now that you've kind of dealt with that, that distraction is put to the side. You have more capacity for solutions and to bring your A game to the situation and to bring about change to, to impact change in your space. That's that's just what I wanted to insert parenthetically. But let me jump back on on track. So I want to be clear. Also, hey, even though I said we were you know, a little bit disappointed, there was a tinge of disappointment, tinge of frustration. I do want to be clear that we are all doing well. Right. Um, we just were not where we envisioned. So you could be doing well, but it's still not be exactly on target or on the bullseye with what you envision. I mean, we all have our own homes. Uh, we have families that adore us. Uh, we have tenure in our career. We are all in good health. Um, I mean, I mean, as adults, right? Because, you know, usually adults, you get into a sedentary space and it's not uncommon for you to become less active. Right. But we're 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 fathers and we don't have the dad bod. I mean, we're into yoga, weightlifting, martial arts, basketball, all these different things still going on. Uh, we're well educated, has have our formal you know, college education, then our real life experience from trying different business ventures from just living just existing, right? Just uh, being avid uh, readers and being committed to uh, lifelong learning. All these things are going on, but still just because you are doing better than average doesn't mean you're doing better than your average, right? So other people could be from the outside looking in coveting what you have and and trying to um, demystify how did you get to where you are? But for you, you know that there's still more in you. And for us, that's what was true. We knew, one, that there could be more, that there had to be more. And two, that even if there wasn't more for us in this particular season, and when I say more, I mean from a quantitative uh, perspective, even though there wasn't more numerically, there was more passion from a qualitative perspective that we could bring to the things that we were already fortunate enough to have responsibly over uh, or with, right? So we knew like, for instance, if we're in a space and it's conf we're confined by four walls, we know that we can't make the space more commodious, more capacious. We can't add more space, right? There's boundaries there. But how could I bring more value to this space that I'm confined to? Or how could I extract more fulfillment from the same space that I exist in? And that's kind of how the conversation began to flow. So the energy, you know, was kind of low at a few points in the conversation. You know, sometimes you get together and the, the conversation just fiery. I mean, people are talking over each other in excitement, you know, and the, the energy is just lit. Right. But it was ebbs and flows. Right. It was ebb and flow. And it would, it would come down and have moments of um, uh contemplation, you know, it was like low in the sense of being reflective. Um, and like I said, maybe just a tinge. I mean, just a hair of what somebody from the outside looking in would say look like uh, regret. 
But the bad news is that on occasion, that's how emotions are. Emotions, like energy, they fluctuate. They're not always at a peak. Sometimes there's peaks and there's valleys, right? Uh, there, there's uh, the crest. There's, it just dips and it goes up. It ascends and descends. And you find yourself, you may find yourself low on passion for those tasks and those opportunities that are right in, that are right in front of you. Especially somebody might be listening to this today as they're going into a, to a job that somebody else is unemployed, looking for an opportunity just to make money. But you finding yourself struggling to find the motivation to go into work, to deal with these people, look at these people's faces, answer these emails or whatever the case may be another day. Right. That's the bad part. Sometimes your emotion, sometimes you're just not feeling it. <laughs> right. Now, the truth, though, is that it's that's a, that's only bad news when you don't anticipate a fluctuation of energy or the cycle of energy, you know. Uh, when you are expecting that, hey, I'm always going to be on 10 as it relates to this particular thing. And so you get you get uh, you get hit from the side when in, in your blind in your blind spot, it can knock you out. It can take you out. I mean, that's really the formula for disappointment that 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 low feeling, you know, is the result of the chasm between your expectation and your experience. So if you're experiencing something contrary to what you envisioned, it's going to result in, it can result in disappointment. But you can manage that better when you know the cheat code that I'm about to give you, which is the things that things don't always have to change before you can change. And then as you change, as you kind of renew yourself and reform yourself, then you are able to impact change and create the environment uh, are the solutions that you want. So it's a cycle, right? Um, when you change, things generally begin to change in your favor because the old, like the old Fred could not, the old Fred who's maybe riddled with anxiety and, and heavy, heavy laden with some concerns is not clear, clear enough to, to change the vibe here, to change the frequency. But once I change, maybe my diet, my mental diet becomes different. And I start to think on different things and I start to uh, imbibe different material and become more focused on solutions versus the problem versus magnifying the problem. Then I can bring about the change and, and I can exist in the same four walls, but I can have a different experience. And so if you're in a rut, I want to tell you in this episode, four areas that you can change and make lemonade, even if you are in the most mundane circumstances right now, even if you got nothing but lemons, you can still make lemonade, y'all. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is the what the what it's going to make sense as we go. Just hang in there with me. So I think uh, some of our circumstances, uh, our cir some of our enthusiasm, excuse me, it ebbs. It begins to uh, dissipate. Our enthusiasm begins to just kind of wither away. Right. Um, because we've been indoctrinated with this quixotic notion that we must only pursue things that we are passionate about. I mean, how many times have we gone to somebody's IG page and, and that's the narrative that's being pushed? Hey, if you find your passion, you'll never work, work another day in your life. Well, you may not. It may take a while before you can get there. And then that may not even be true that once you get there, it doesn't feel like work. OK, because the reality is that sometimes we are what we are passionate about may not have a market that can sustain us. So that means that something else will always be competing with our passion pursuit and the tension it creates could leave us disenchanted. So if I want to be a ball player, OK, well, I can go and play ball. Well, that's not a good example, because if you if you're a ball player, chances are you are earning enough <laughs> to where 
you can give your undivided attention to that. But uh, let's say there's something that doesn't generate as much income immediately. Well, you're going to have to do something else. And and so when you're divided, like you can't serve two masters. So when you're divided, there's a tension that you have to live with. And that can sometimes affect your your enthusiasm. And the other thing that must be said is that even if and when we create a space where we can do what we love to do, the thing that we love still has tentacles. Right. It's not going to be all encompassing. You know, there's still going to be administrative tasks or training and preparation rituals that are necessary behind the scenes. Like so before you get to do the thing, there's some other things, some subsequent uh, or some subordinate things that are still necessary. So what I'm saying is that while we may love to perform on stage, for instance, there will still need to there's still a need to, you know, uh, to audition before you can get to the stage, to negotiate compensation before you get to the stage, to practice your lines. And uh, and you have to do that many times over and over and over. Uh, you know, those things make up a bigger slice of the pie sometimes than actually doing the thing that we love. What I'm trying to say is we see the tip of the iceberg as the thing that we love, but there's so much under that glacier that we don't get to see, right? Sometimes disappointment comes from the realist, unrealistic expectation. This is not to discourage anyone. Please don't, don't hear that. This is not to discourage you from pursuing your dreams, but this is just to make sure that when you arrive, because I'm rooting for you, I believe that you will get there. You can achieve, the only thing that's going to stop you is you. Even if it takes longer, even if you have to move at a slower pace, even if you quote unquote fail, I don't remember, I don't look at it as failing. I look at it as just a learning experience. It's just feedback. Nothing will stop you as long as you just continue. Right. So so this is not to deter you from following your dreams, follow your dreams. But just know that when you arrive, you might have to manage your expectations. OK, so that way you can keep that same high and that same enthusiasm, because, you know, already that there's going to be a myriad of other accompanying tasks to compete. And so you already mentally conditioned to handle that. Right. Because remember, the disappointment comes from the chasm between your expectation and your experience. Well, if you are already expecting, hey, there's going to be some other sidebar task. It's not going to really rock you as much as it would to the person that's not expecting it. And so there's a whole bunch more that I want to unpack. But let's just take a breather right here for a few announcements and then we'll change gears just a little bit and get more into it. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but when it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, 
send an inquiry to fredtalks at melt.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. All right, y'all, we talked about the what. Let me transition, change gears just a little bit and hit you with the why. So if you're in a place right now where you just cannot muster the excitement, like you're like, Fred, look, I'm not going to get excited about this mundane, this monotonous, some seemingly trivial thing that I'm um, committed to right now. I can't do it. I can't do it. So maybe you can't get excited about the what, like what you're doing. Perhaps you can zoom in then on the why. Think about why you're doing it and see if that generates a little bit uh, of a different type of uh, energy, a different vibe for you. You know, because I'm sure you all have heard the axiom that if you have a big enough why, then you can handle any what. You know, I think there's really merit to that. A lot of merit to that statement that if you have a big enough why and if you allow that, if you can just have a singleness of focus, you allow that to. Uh, consume you. You can bulldoze through any type of obstacle. It will be uh, minuscule. It, it, things that seemed insurmountable will become trivial uh, and you'll just bulldoze right over it. You know, now there's pros and cons to every situation, as I alluded to in the first point, you know, when we talked about the what, for for instance, I'll just share a little bit about uh, my, my experience. There was a season where I had extensive business travel and um, I couldn't even come home on the weekends, y'all. And uh, I was well aware that this, you know, it participated, precipitated or it, it, it created an increased demand on my wife. Right. Because um, we got two small kids. And so that meant that I would also miss opportunities to create memories with my wife, but also with my very small children. I'm keenly aware. I'm so acutely aware that I will not be able to get these years back. Right. That I, I, I live with that, that knowing, you know, I'm always cognizant of the fact that. They're going to be um, a, a teenagers are they're going to be adults much longer than they'll be children. So I have to relish all of these moments. I get that. So I'm traveling and I had to leverage the power of story and I had to tell myself and remind myself of a story that justifies what I'm experiencing so that I could bulldoze through it. So, yes, I was traveling. But, hey, I have to say for it. Remember, this is allowing you to finance a certain lifestyle for your children. It also afforded me the opportunity to accumulate hotel points, car points, uh, uh, airline frequent uh, flyer mileage points so that I could spend it on my family for our family vacation. And we actually ended up leveraging the points accumulated over the summer towards a winter vacation. Uh, the per diem that you know the company was contributing and giving me that meant then, okay, cool. Let me reallocate some things in our personal budget. So that's going to give us a little bit, even, even more breathing room for the household budget. Since I'm not at home eating, you know, big boy eating all this food, then cool. We can, we can finagle some things in our own personal budget and I'll just live off of this per diem. And that, that helps the whole family out. It allowed me to leverage technology and make more memorable routines with the family. So this is, this is the beauty of what happened. Knowing that we only had a few moments of FaceTime, it made me more intentional about being present and savoring every moment. See, sometimes we um, if we're not careful and if we're not conscious enough, we will be together, but not together with our family. You know what I mean? Like everybody, you, you pick the kids up from school um, and everybody's in the same space. You guys are all under one roof, but, you know, children are either coloring or they're watching TV um, you and your wife, one person's on their phone and one person's reading a book or something like that. So you're together, but you're not together. You're not connecting. But when you know you only have a few moments, you savor it and you, you steward that time much differently. And so 
I don't know. Maybe we had a maybe we had more meaningful connections, even in my traveling than we probably could have when I was home. Not could have that probably would have because my level of consciousness what uh, was different. You see what I'm saying? And so it also allowed me to study and pass my real estate exam. I said, hey, because it, it did sting a little bit having to travel. And I said, well, Fred, you could either complain about it or you could uh, work towards a solution. And so the solution for me, at least at that time, was I got it. I got to focus on my extra strategy. So I, I studied diligently to pass the real estate exam. And once that travel season ended, yeah, I went and passed my real estate exam. Actually, I failed. Um, I took the state and the national and I missed uh, one of one of the other uh, by one or two points. And I just, you know, rebounded the following week and then I passed it and I was working my plan. I also used that time to write a book to serve people and create a stream, a, another stream of income for my family. So my why was my legacy and entrepreneurship so that I could model that for my kids. Using the per diem and having my own schedule, I was able to upgrade my health while away. And I gave myself the gift of health, gift of health. Right. So I routinely go to the gym. You know, I'm pretty. Um, selective with what I eat. But hey, when I'm eating on the company's budget, when I'm eating on their per diem, I could be even more um, uh, meticulous with what I'm buying. You know, I could I could I could go for even um, healthier options. And, and money is not even a, a factor, if you will, you know, outside of remaining within the per diem. And because I don't have my time divided between my responsibilities at home, I can go ham in the gym and not even have to balance between, you know, am I spending too much time away from home and, and do I have time to do the baths for the kids and all these different things? And then I come back, I come back swagger on a hundred thousand trillion because I've been in the gym and I've been eating right. And then, you know, I give a better version of myself, not just to myself, but I return and give that better version of myself to my family. So that's one part. Hopefully that gives you um, a little bit of game and you see some some points that you can apply in your particular scenario. All right, we're going to get ready to transition to the next point. All right, let's get into the next point, which is how. So not only is it up to you and me to remember our why, and we may have several why, and that is okay, but it's completely within our control to determine how we show up. Y'all, we're the only ones in control of our how. I remember as a training consultant, I would arrive at uh, different sites. I mean, I would go to Florida, uh, Atlanta, you know, I would go to Pennsylvania, uh, all these different places throughout the throughout the nation and um, throughout the country. And I would deliver courses for clients who had a much more relaxed dress code than I did sometimes. And now, mind you, sometimes I'm traveling. So all I have is my what I prepared in my luggage. Right. Sure. I could go to some nearby shop and change to kind to uh, assimilate to the culture. But I was unapologetic in how I showed up. I mean, I still brought my A game while they had T-shirts and maybe polo shirts. And, and that's cool because that's what the environment called for. So they weren't out of compliance. They weren't doing anything wrong. But y'all, for me, showed up with shoes, polish, cufflinks, tie bar, all the other accessories, had my my jacket on. You know, I was I was bringing my A game, freshly shaved, my smell good, all that stuff. Make sure, you know, your boy wasn't ashy <laughs> because it all mattered to me how I did what I did. I would spend several hours aside from the required prep time, right? Because when you're delivering, you know, you pretty much want to uh, anticipate preparing for two hours per every one hour of delivering. Okay. Uh, and so I would spend all this uh, pretty much excessive time just mulling over my notes, especially if I'm traveling. Hey, 
I'm not at home anyway. I'm just going to busy myself with making sure that I'm excellent when I show up. And so I'm mulling over my notes. I'm, I'm anticipating objectionable scenarios so I don't get caught off guard as much as possible. Um, meeting with business partners and subject matter experts to pick their brain. I'm itemizing daily practices to make sure that my, my presentation is lit. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming up with icebreakers and, and games to make sure that I don't lose the audience, you know, um, and I'm coming up with different stories to kind of amplify the scenarios that and the concepts that we're creating or we're demonstrating so that it, I cement the concepts in their mind. Because if I was going to be there, I was going to make sure I brought my A game and I was going to make sure that my presence was felt that when I left, I left something in that in that city or in that state or at that site. And doing something well is a reward in itself. Doing something well is the lemonade that can be our, that can be our refreshment. Right. It, the key is that we can literally create our own brand, even if and while we are working under the auspices of someone else's brand. Meaning I'm getting a check from an employer. So it's their brand that I definitely want to protect. I definitely want to add value to their brand. And, you know, by by virtue of employment, I'm kind of like an extension of their brand. But still, people are also going to know my name. I'm also using this opportunity to brand myself and to glean some tools and to glean some skills while I'm here. So what I'm saying is you determine how you show up. And you can get excited if you, if for nothing else, get excited about yourself, get excited about how you're going to show up and how you're going to show off and show out and what you're going to take away and what you're going to bring to the table. And y'all, if you can't get excited about you, then maybe it's something bigger than something bigger or something deeper going on. Right. I get not being so excited about the job. But if you can't get excited about you who's going to the job, then we need to have a different conversation. Y'all. All right. This last one is who? So this one really overlaps a little bit with your why, because many times our why involves a person. Sometimes our, our our why is a person. Right. Or at least that's how we categorize it in our minds. You know, my children, I could say they're my why, but then they would also be my who you get it. But if I unpack it, this if I unpack this a little bit, you know, um, the who could be your children, like I said, and you're doing the thing that you've become you know, less passionate about to show them that you don't quit. So the why is to build and to demonstrate perseverance, whereas the who is your children and yourself. You follow that? But the who can also be uh, your hometown that you're trying to put on the map. See, I come from Cali and I'm living down south and I recognize now that they got a little different um, from the outside looking in. They view California a little bit differently. And your boy got to show them what's up. Right. So I got to rep the hometown. <laughs> um uh, the who might be the fraternity or the sorority that you're trying to put on a map or your team, especially if you come from a small, a small, uh, obscure town, you know, you want to put them on the map. You want to kind of hold them on your back. Um, maybe you, you maybe you want to, maybe, maybe here's the thing. Maybe you want to do so well, you want to perform so well that you finally debunk the stereotypes and challenge the narratives that people have bought into, uh, as it relates to your particular demographic. Now, please hear what I'm not saying, because I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan of or a proponent of respectability politics. I think uh, that's not really effective. We've seen example after example where even the most pious and prophetic and uh, nonviolent people have uh, still been accosted and assailed even when they um, you know try to assimilate and even when they uh, try to buy in and conform with respectability politics. So that is not what I'm saying. Please don't mistake me as one of those guys. But so I'm, I'm not saying that the onus is on anyone. 
to debunk stereotypes. That's not your job per se. You know, especially when people can be out here and do their Googles, right? <laughs> the internet is free. Um, or, or people can, they can have the, enough presence and enough intellect to get out of their echo chambers and diversify their company a little bit, right? So I'm not saying you have the obligation to debunk the stereotype. And I'm also, I also want to say that, yes, I believe everyone has inherent value. So you should not feel like you are required to debunk a stereotype. However, you may be the type that accepts the challenge. You just like a challenge. You just, you know, it humors you. You know, you may take joy in bringing glory and definition to the demographic that you identify with. And if, and if that's your that's how you get down, then great. You know, power to you. And so you take pride in doing something that reflects well on you and your folks. Right. So those are my four points, my four steps, if you will, to make take lemons and make lemonade. So I hope this lit your fire just a little bit. If there's anything else that you think should be added to the list, then hit me up, y'all. I'd love to hear from you guys. Till next time. And just like that, it's a wrap. Another episode for the archives. Do you like it? Do you feel it, though? Did anything resonate with you? Did it motivate you? So now what? What are you going to do about it? What's your next move? Share your thoughts by emailing fredtalx at mail.com or connect on Twitter at fredtalks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. Tune in next time for some more gems.